As uh, Pastor Josh said, we did uh, launch Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, last week because we're going deeper in the Word for the uh, for August. And Pastor John, he did. He talked about the background uh, and history of Ephesians. He talked about the city of Ephesus. He talked about how it was a magnificent city. It was wealthy. It was pretty wild as well. Religious, had the occult in there, all those things. And Ephesians is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul or an epistle, a letter or an epistle uh, written by the Apostle Paul from prison. And it was written to churches and groups of people, but Christians, people who already believed in Jesus. So I'd encourage you, if you missed last week, uh, and if you missed it online, go, you can go to YouTube and watch it on YouTube, or you can listen to it on our podcast, because I don't want you to miss a part of the story. You need to know a bit of the history and what happened before in Eph- Ephesus. Right, my goodness. Well, do you know, in 2019, I went on a tour in, in Turkey, and then I went to Israel. So in Turkey, that's where Ephesus actually is. It was part of my tour. So I just rolled up to Ephesus, and uh, I've got a few pictures. I mean, Pastor John showed pictures of what Ephesus was like back in the day. This is what, oh, whoa, they're already coming up. Like, hello, thanks very much. Like, here we go, there it is. So that's the walkway down there. Like, obviously it's ruins. It, It looks, this is what it looks like today. So let's have the next one. There's different, just, it's just all, whoa, whoa, how old? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you can just see it. There's just ruins. Like, then the next one. That there is a library. Talking about libraries, like, hell about, that's, yeah, not the library that you're in, but that's the library right there. And do you know this library actually had, like, a secret passageway to a brothel? That's how wild Ephesus is, right? Like, it's a wild, wild place. But, but can, oh, and then, <laughs> and then this is the theater. Like, there, there's a lot of restoration going on uh, in Ephesus. There were cranes there, and a lot of things are being restored, uh, stone being restored, that sort of thing. And then what's our next one? Well, that's Ephesus. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Well, like, so I was in Ephesus, went there, and got to walk uh, the streets where Apostle Paul was. Wow. He was there. You know, I never really thought about it, but at the time when I was walking around, I thought, oh, wow, this is where, you know, Paul was walking around. Like, like wow. You know, it's mind-blowing. And then I went to Israel after that, and I walked the streets where, in Jerusalem where Jesus walked. There was a lot of walking going on. And that's, that's what I'm going to be talking a little bit about. We talked about how we're seated in Christ last week. Pastor John talked about how, you know, there's, there's like sitting, walking, and warring. That's what Ephesians is about. Ephesians is about our identity in Christ. Ephesians is about spiritual authority and spiritual warfare. So today, though, I'm more going to be talking about our walk. I'll walk in Jesus. So there's three different sorts of graces. So grace is undeserved favor. It's unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it, but it happened anyway. So there's three that we're talking about. First one is justification, uh, justifying grace. Pastor John talked about that last week. Then there's sanctification. Uh, that's sanctifying grace. I'm going to be talking about that today. And there's serving grace. So those are the three we're covering 
and then we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare as well this month. So justification, I'm just going to a little bit of a reminder, justification, it's a one-time event. It happens in the moment where a person invites Jesus into their heart. He's made, you're made right with God in that moment because of Jesus and what he sacrificed. It removes our sin and our guilt and reconciles us with God. So when we're actually, when justification happens, like we're all, we, we become holy, blameless. <laughs> Honestly, the day that I gave my heart to Jesus, <laughs> far from that. But it's not about the outside. It's about our status and what happens when we accept Jesus into our heart. I became holy, blameless, chosen, righteous, because I'm seated with Christ. Pastor John, he had a seat there. Once you're seated with Jesus, that's your status. Instantly, just like that. Undeserved grace, justification. There's no such thing. Pastor John spoke about there's no such thing as a second-class Christian. We've all got the same status in Christ when we give our hearts to him. So Micah's got the same status as I have, as Bert has, as Tom has, as Ted has. We all have the same status. It doesn't matter how long ago that we gave our hearts to Jesus. Mark has the same status. Everyone has the same status when they give their hearts to Jesus. So it's not about uh, anything else except our status. Whereas sanctifying grace is about ongoing transformation. It's a continual process where the Holy Spirit helps us to become more like Jesus. So it's empower, like the Holy Spirit empowers us to grow in holiness by renewing our minds, helping us uh, resist temptations and developing good character. So justification is about status. Sanctifying grace is about personal growth and becoming more like Jesus. Okay? You might be here today and you haven't invited Jesus into your heart. You haven't had that moment of that grace. It is a free gift. A little bit later, I'm going to give you an opportunity for that. Actually, just I just had this thought. I, had, I saw you two earlier. You two. You're related, are you? It's not that you look like it. I think somebody said that, somebody said that you're mother and daughter. Is that right? Well, I just had this picture of uh, both of you, and it was like you were wrapped up like in crepe paper, you know, wrapped up. In, and I just saw uh, the Holy Spirit come and him start to take like unravel the wrapping and it came off your head, your minds first and then it started to come off your heart and I just really feel that the Holy Spirit uh, is just working in your heart, like in your thoughts and in your mind but there's an unraveling going on, things that have happened in the past, things that uh, you haven't felt good about yourself, things that have really, you felt stuck, stuck I see them unraveling. The Holy Spirit coming into your mind and into your heart and unraveling things. So that's what, that's what happens. So now, great, now I can't remember where I was, but anyway. But, but it's about personal growth and becoming more like Jesus. And that's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes and it doesn't happen immediately. It's a transforming grace where things happen a little bit at a time. I remember, I remember the day that I gave my heart to Jesus, and I mean it. I was not holy. 
I was standing on a stage, I had like these bodies on and they were like fluoro green and a fluoro green t-shirt because this is 2003 and I was on my way to the beach afterwards. See, so I thought, yep, yeah, just call them the church and this is where my mind was. On the, it was only the second time I'd been to church. I went the week before and everyone looked casual, but that was at night. Sucker, go there in the morning and there I am in my boardies and everybody is like dressed like you guys. <laughs> Lovely. And so at the end of the service though, someone uh, gave us an opportunity to have that grace, yeah. to invite Jesus into my heart. And I did and then I didn't realize they were gonna get me up on the stage. That's not gonna happen here people, just so that you know, don't get scared. Like you can just uh, respond from your seat later on. But I, I, I come up, I didn't know what was going on and I felt like an idiot like standing there in all my shining glory. I mean, one thing I've learned about God, like he's a funny guy. He is humorous. He was loving it. There I was shining and you could see me from the moon. But anyway, but the, the moment that I actually prayed and invited Jesus into my heart, even though at that time I just felt an overwhelming peace, I didn't know what was actually unraveling and starting to happen on the inside of me. So I walked out of there kind of feeling the same, but different. That's that status thing. I didn't even understand that at the time, obviously. And one of the things that I used to do uh, was swear. I know you can't believe that, right? I know, I know, look at this, look at this. this. Yeah, but I used to swear. And, and so I still walked out. <laughs> I hear, they're trying to be funny down here now. They're saying that they're shocked. But anyway, I walked out of church and I was still swearing. What? Whoa, what was that about? But what happened over time, whenever I swore, it wasn't like I even thought about stopping. It didn't even occur to me. But something made me cringe on the inside after a while when I did. All of a sudden, I didn't like it. I didn't like hearing that coming out of my mouth. And I started to transform and change. That's the transforming grace of God. That's, sanctifi that's the sanctifying grace that empowers the Holy Spirit to move on the inside of us and change us from the inside out. So we're made alive in Christ. So we're going to be looking uh, at Ephesians. So we'll look at Ephesians 2. Verse 1 to 3, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, <laughs> you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers to, in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So that was life before Christ. And so my life before Christ, uh, the life before I encountered Jesus. So this is what this scripture is talking about. Your life before you encountered Jesus. And it, it describes us as being spiritually dead, being disconnected from God due to sin. So, and following more the ways of the world and chasing our own desires. I mean, I was like that. Before I encountered God, in my mind, it was all about material things. I was chasing stuff. Like, I, I, I worked really hard or anything to make money. I just wanted stuff. You know, you get something, new car, new house, 
and then you want another one. New car, you, it was all about that. Material things, I was chasing the things of the world. So this is what this is talking about. Life before you encounter Jesus. And then in Ephesians 2, verse four to six, it says, but God. That, those two words, but God, they are a game changer in a person's life, but God. So, but God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united in Christ Jesus. There again, we're seated with Christ. Our status immediately, we're seated with Christ. So, but those are transforming words, but God, he saved us. It speaks about your new identity and your status in Christ. And then we'll go to Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That is about not only does God give us our identity in Christ, also our purpose in Christ. Like we're created with purpose. He, he, before we were even, like before we even, you know, came into this world, we're God's masterpiece. He had good plans for us. He had purpose for us. On the inside of you is purpose. Peter, on the inside of you is purpose. Great purpose that God put there on the inside of you. It's there. And the sanctifying grace starts to wake it up and bring it to life and bring the gifts to life and place you around people where your gifts can come to life. That's how it works. We find our identity God's got an incredible plan for every person, not just Peter, not just Trish, not just Lisa, not just Linda, although he's got a great purpose for you, Linda. Oh, wow, I'm getting pictures like that. Anyway, but that's one of the things that are stirred up in me. It is a great gift in you, Linda. Really, there really is. I just see the words coming out of your mouth and falling on people and bringing transformation. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. But anyway, back to that. But that's what happens. Stirs up our gifts, gives us purpose, and gives us identity. So how do we walk with Christ? We're seated with Christ. We've already got our status. How do we walk with Christ? So we're going to look at uh, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So my first point is, we need to leave behind the old ways. That was tricky for me. None of my family went to church. We believed about God, but we never went to church, and, I didn't, and none of us had a relationship with God. So... What would happen is I'd go and visit my uh, family in Sydney, and like, I don't know if you believe this too, but I was a pretty party person, pretty wild. And so as soon as I get there, like, yeah, let's have a party, let's get the guitar out. So, and then I'd be drinking and stuff like that. Now, this is when 
I'd already given my heart to Jesus. Got the status, transforming, still happening. What happens? It's hard to leave your old ways behind because every time I went to see my family, we'd be having a party and getting the guitar out and getting the, dr the drink out and, yeah, singing up a storm and having a great time. Now, I, I kept doing it probably the first year that I became a Christian. I was still doing that. I, over here, you know, up on the sunny coast, I was like, holy, blameless, <laughs> chosen. <laughs> Down there, not so holy, <laughs> not so blameless, uh, but I was still chosen. Yeah, no, no, see, that's to me. My status never changed. I was still holy, but I wasn't behaving like I was holy. Okay? Status, still got the status, still got the badge. I'm saved, you know, all that sort of stuff, but not behaving like that. So letting, leaving behind your old ways is, is the number one thing. It can be difficult. Some things that are just easy. Uh, you know, it's like leaving behind the desires the deceitful desires of our former, our former life, really. It's like taking off, uh, you know, old things that you just don't need, old thought patterns, old attitudes, old behaviours and habits that hinder our growth in Christ. In Ephesians 4, 29, verse 32, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God uh, through Christ has forgiven you. So we're going to be breaking this down a little bit. But the first thing is leave behind your old ways. Do you know what? You might have actually given your heart to Jesus. And I've heard of many cases where people have immediately uh, lost their addictions. No more. No more drug addiction. I've heard of that. I've heard of people getting water baptized, coming out of the water. No more drug addictions. I've, I've heard about alcoholics came, gave their hearts to Jesus. No more alcohol. Like, that might be you, or, or you might be a person who came, gave your heart to Jesus, no more swearing. Well, good on you. <laughs> but, but anyway, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, you may still struggle, though, with other things. Might be um, lying, or being critical, or drunkenness, or wild parties, or outbursts of anger. You know I'm talking about myself. Because <laughs> those are all those things. So, so that I was still... At that time, struggling with those things, lying, being critical, drunkenness, wild parties, and outbursts of anger. One of my hardest struggles was outbursts of anger. See, anger's a learnt behaviour, and uh, I could come up with all the excuses like, you know, oh, I've always been like that. I'm just passionate. <laughs> or, or, you know, and there might be a reason uh, why we're angry, but it's not an excuse to continue. It says that in this, you know, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Get rid of it. Get rid of all evil behavior. So, so what happened to me after a period of time, I had a Holy Spirit moment where I knew that I had to deal with it. It's not like I hadn't tried. 
before I, I I'd, I'd done uh, anger management courses and stuff like that. I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like written out everything and like burnt them in the fire and all sorts of things, you know, spat on them, whatever. All, the, all, all these things that used to make me angry, you know, you, you, like I tried lots of different things. So it wasn't like I hadn't tried. And I actually, in my own strength, probably had improved a little bit. However, the root of that thing was still in me, big time. So the Holy Spirit, I had a Holy Spirit moment where I knew I had to deal with it. And so I prayed. And I'm like, God, like, I need your help. I need your grace. I need you to help me. You know, when I'm furious and getting triggered because of something, like, I need you to just step in, make me cool, give me peace. Talks about that. Instead, be kind to one another, tender, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. You know, give me peace. Like, so it's about, like, leaving things behind. And it might be leaving those things like old ways and it might be like just leaving things that have really really held you back that's number one leaving them behind and the holy spirit can actually help you to do that you don't have to do it by yourself and it might be a process of transforming but number one is you've got to want to do it you've got to like have a moment in your heart where you know it's time to change and I'm going to make it change. I'm going to make that change happen. Well, not make it. I'm going to like ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Help me. Put me in the right places. Put me around the right people. You know, help me. Just help me. So that's number one, leaving behind the old ways. Number two is renewing our minds. Because that was in there. It says in, in Ephesians 4.23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So renew our minds. We need to take, it needs to take place in our mind. And we can, our, our thought processes, our desires, our perspectives, we need them to align with God's truth. And it enables us to think differently and make choices that actually honor God. So one way of doing that is guarding your input, what you stick in here. Guard what enters your minds. Don't let people uh, criticize you. Don't listen to the lies that might have been from past teachers or past coaches or, you know, family, whatever. Those things that are in your head that have always, you, you know, like, oh, oh, there was, for me, there was just so many of them. I, it, it took me a long time. But the thing is, once I got a, a uh, like, momentum, and found how to do that. And how you do that is by the Word of God. Get the Word of God in you and what He thinks about you, not about what other people say about you. So that's just one example, what enters your mind. And you know what could be a good thing? It might be just lots of Netflix. You know, know, (laughs) but it might be that. I know that that's probably talking to a few people right there. Instead of that, let the Word of God let the word of God come and just, like, I don't know, I just see the grace of his word. Just when I, I said, I'd see it like what I saw for Linda, like as it comes out, it's just coming in my heart and, and starting to change me. The word of God, it washes us, washes us clean, cleanses us, changes us, transforms us. The word of God and prayer. So, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, keep, keep that. And, yeah, God's word and prayer and just be led by his spirit. The more we align our thoughts with God's truth, the more we will experience transformation. It really is 
It sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> it takes work, I know. It's taken me a long, long time for different things. Some things were so stuck on the inside of me, it took so long for them to unravel, but they did. That's the, that's the main thing. So, so we're leaving behind the old ways, we're renewing our minds, and we earlier on had a series like with I am statements, declarations. That's the, one of the best ways to know who you are. I'm loved and chosen. I'm redeemed and forgiven. I'm free from condemnation. I am a new creation. These are the, the things that I knew. And even though I didn't believe it when I first started, oh, I believe it now because I am. You know, I'm more than a conqueror. All those things. The more I would hear that going in me instead of, oh, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're dumb, all those sort of things, like they were gone. It, they're just like, psh, they were gone. Because every time I would hear, uh, you know, like rejection was also uh, a thing that I struggled with. I just, I'd had so many times where I just felt so rejected and hurt. And that probably uh, was a lot of the reasons why I had major anger issues. Because instead of wanting to be hurt anymore, I was controlling and I wanted like, I would get angry rather than get hurt. So every time I would hear something that where I feel like, oh, wow, you know, they don't like me, oh, I don't fit in. Those were my little things. I'm not worth it, I'm not worth it. I would think, you know what? I'm loved and chosen. I'm loved and chosen. I'm loved and chosen. I'm redeemed and forgiven. I'm a new creation. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm loved and chosen. I'm lo so that's what I'm saying. I would, after a while, when you hear that, the rejection is gone. You might be here and you don't like me, like, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, I do. I do. I do. I do, but I don't. It's not going to change. It's not going to change me. You know, I'm sorry, because I probably, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've offended many people before, but I don't mean to. Uh, like, actually, we'll do a bit of forgiveness later. You can forgive me then. <laughs> but, but it's all about what I mean is, like, before... Oh, if someone didn't like me, I would, I would lose sleep over it. Oh, I just felt so rejected. It would eat me up. Every time I went past them, I wouldn't even be able to look at them because I'm thinking, oh, they don't like me. I mean, seriously, that's just nuts. It's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what happened in my own head. So now, though, I think, oh, well, Ted doesn't like me. He doesn't give me hugs and smiles anymore. But I'm loved and chosen. Do you see? Look at that. I'm okay. And, that, that's, a, like, and that, that's all right. Like, you're in control of what you stick in your mind. So you're in control. It's up to you. So that's leaving behind the old ways, renewing our minds, and putting on the new ways. So in Ephesians 4.24, like that part where it says, put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We want to put on kindness. We want to put on compassion. We want to put on forgiveness. You know, sometimes there, I, there that's what I'm saying. I, I, there are so many things, like guilt and shame was also something. Like I had to like put that off and put on the new. No longer guilty. No longer have shame. I'm no longer unworthy. I, you know, and that comes out of one of the things that is so powerful is forgiveness. It is forgiveness. Like unforgiveness, uh, 
nothing traps you in your past more than unforgiveness and offense. It's a trap. Like the Bible teaches us to forgive ourselves and forgive others just as God forgave us. Forgiveness doesn't make what happened okay. There's situations, I'm not saying that. There's situations, it doesn't make it okay, but it releases you. It releases the grip on your heart of unforgiveness. It's a gift for you, forgiveness. So holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness is like poison in your heart. I had a friend um, that got, she got bitten by a snake. And for two years, she had health issues. Now, you know, this little snake come and boom, bitter in the ankle, and then it was gone. Like, that's it. The actual physical part of it happened in a couple of seconds, and the snake was gone. But for two years, she struggled, was in hospital, in and out, in and out, health retreats, trying to get the poison that was running around in her body for two years out. That's what unforgiveness is. Whatever it was that made you have an offense with someone, it might have happened in a moment or it might have happened over a period of time. But what happens, that poison stays on the inside of you, running around, affecting the rest of your life and your, uh, how you are with other people and relationships. That's what unforgiveness does. So when we forgive, you know, and even if you're struggling to forgive, we're going to pray for that a little bit later. God, God can actually, he can help you to forgive. He can help you to do that. And when you do, it's just like, yeah, freedom. Come on. I also know about that as well because I've had so much unforgiveness. Man, I just sound like a walking basket case, but seriously. <laughs> but regardless of that, justified. Yeah. So we're leaving behind our old ways, we're renewing our minds, and we're putting on our new ways. Putting on our new ways. So, uh, like, if I could just ask, ask you to close your eyes, I'd love to pray for you. Even online, if you can close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross, that you shed your blood to cleanse our sins, to take our shame, to take our guilt. And thank you that we're seated with you, that we've got status, that we're right with you. Oh, Lord, I just thank you that help us in whatever area it is for us. Like, I know you're talking to people right now. What is it in us that we need to leave behind? What is it in us that we need to renew in our minds? And what is it in us that we need to go into our, you know, the new thing, our new way of life? Oh, Father, I just pray that you would speak to people. Show them pictures. Speak words of wisdom. Thank you, Lord, that you're so good. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you.